Hello there, this is Morris McLeod from Media Diversified, and this is another episode of Civil Society Futures. Each episode, we're going to look at issues that relate to democracy and how society works. And today with me, I've got Imran Sanola from Patchwork. He's a CEO. Hello, Imran. I'm, uh, hi, Maurice. <laughs> How are you doing? Good, thanks. Um, okay, so as you know, Imran, um, recently I became a, a councillor. Yep. Um, and, and one of the things uh, on, on, on Wandsworth Council down in South London, one of the things that I've noticed, and, and it's, it's, it's not a new revelation, is there's a massive lack of uh, involvement politically um, and, and not just politically, in all sorts of fields mm. when it comes to certain communities, BME communities, and in particular working class BME communities. I do think that matters. Um, I wanted to talk to you in particular because, um, well, actually, before, before we go, tell me a little bit about Patchwork. What, what, what is Patchwork? Um, so Patchwork's mission is to get young people from deprived and minority communities engaged with democracy and civil society. So that's all walks of life, um, all the way from governors of schools, trustees of charities, to hopefully seeing a Patchwork eventually become an MP in Parliament. Brilliant. Well, I mean, I mean that, that that's that's wonderful. I mean, I think um, in in every one of those fields, um, and it's really evident in every one of those fields, whether it's whether it's charity trustees or governors, as, as you say. Mm there's a real lack of BME um, engagement. And it feels like that's all that's been, you know, I've been, I've been doing this for 20 odd years and it feels like that's always been the conversation. It's always been the, how do we get, how do we get more faces? How do we get more black MPs? How do we get more black, gov- black governors? Um, do you, uh, my, my sense was that, that, you know, things are slow and things are changing and bit by bit, you know, there's more black MPs now. There are 52 black MPs. When I, when I was um, working on the Voice newspaper, um, um, there were three in, in 1987. There were three: Bernie, um, Diane, and Paul Boateng, mm. um, and 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 then Keith Vaz. Um, so, so the, the, there's always been. Um, so there is a there is a movement. Um, uh, am I right in saying things are progressive and it's all fine? If we're just patient, it'll all be good. I think that's often the argument, but I think the issue is we're losing a lot as a country from having that mentality. Because, yes, it'll progressively change over time because you have third, fourth generation migrants. But the issue is is there has to be active change for it to happen. We're seeing the same in the private sector where you're finally seeing 50-50% gender um, on director levels, on CEO levels. But that didn't happen passively over time. It had to be forced. Um, And it's the same with the diversity issue. But, okay, so... so we need to actively do stuff about it, but and to play devil's advocate, why? Why? Why do we need to? I mean, is it? Is it? Does it really matter if you know if there if there aren't black and brown faces in the boardroom or in the trustees among trustees? Does it matter that much? Definitely. Um, the reason why I say we lose out as a country is because the decision-making process, if it's going to impact people from those communities, it needs to be someone who understands those communities, not just understands them, but can feel how they feel, the empathy, the sympathy that they can feel. Mm. Um, The issues of racism, only someone from a minority community can elaborate on how racism feels. These feelings of Islamophobia and anti-Semitism, only people from those communities can really understand what their community is going through. It's great to be an ally, mm. but an ally can only do so much. An ally can only support the voice of the people that they're seeking to represent. I was about to bring up allies, allies, because I'm I'm sure even as you're saying that, there'll be people listening, you know, woke people of all different backgrounds who are like, well, hang on, I can talk about racism. I, yeah. I understand. Or I can talk about, I'm a guy, I feel like I can... I can talk about sexism, mm. but I guess what you're saying is there's a difference how I might def- define sexism and how a woman who's experienced it exactly. talk about it are, are two very different things. Um, but okay, so, so I get that. I understand you're saying... That- and just to add into that, the, the reasoning behind it is 
far different. If you're an ally, typically you have privilege that your counterparts don't. And you're really fighting for yourself. It's not just something that you're doing, which is nice. Having um, an equal representation of people in parliament on these boards isn't a nice thing to have. It's a necessity of society because the, otherwise they're just left out of those discussions. But And, and again, I'm still uh, I'm, I'm still pushing the sort of devil's advocate uh, uh, question. Yeah, yeah. So... so <sighs> It sounds like what you're saying, and correct me, it sounds like what you're saying is, oh, we need you know, black and brown people in these places so that they can talk about their experience of racism. If, if, um, what's, if I was listening um, and I wasn't from that group and I hadn't had those experiences, I might think, why do we need to have those conversations anyway? Why can't, if, if, to be honest, if black and brown people stopped going on about this stuff, we could just crack on all live together in a happy Bennett and advert and everything would be cool. It's, it's, it's you lot, it's likes of you and me, to be honest, that are, that are causing the issue by, by bringing it up. And if you're not, if you're saying that we need those people in that space so that they can go, oh, I'm a victim. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, because for me, it's kind of a continuation from previous um, streams of essentially freedom fighting, because it needs to continue on from the level of where, um, people of privilege were making decisions on behalf of other communities. Yes, we've got certain representatives from those communities. But even within those communities, there's infighting about the representatives that are already there. Mm. And one thing to understand is one black person can't represent the whole of the black mm. community in the UK because he's not going to be able, he or she might not be able to embody all of that. Mm. And even within those communities, understanding that there are nuances within that discussion. And if it's going to impact that community or a specific community, mm. they need to make their decisions for themselves because not only does it lead to better decision-making, but the efficiency within the process. Imagine every time the uh, parliament goes to a select committee, the select committee experts are the MPs themselves. Mm. It makes the process a lot easier, a lot um, more efficient, and it means that we've got representative democracy. Right. But one, one of the... Um, that, that, that's Yeah, okay, so I can see that... that the, the dangers of of uh, of the exclusion of the democratic gap that we, that we, that we've got going on at the moment are that the entire groups. I mean, you know, it's 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 hard to even think about this stuff um, without thinking about a little bit about Grenfell, for instance. Yeah. Grenfell was one of the, the when Grenfell happened, I decided to get involved in politics. I'd always said not interested. Mm. That happened, and it, it to me it was a we need those voices, and as much as you. You know, um, you try and be humble, or whatever. Like I have the ability to do that. I come from that background. I should be speaking up more. I should be doing more. Yeah. But um, so, so, so there's always a danger of um, of of just not seeing stuff of of the authorities, the the establishment, just not seeing stuff because no one within that group um, um, witnesses those things. I'll, I'll give it just just as a, as a little bit aside. Um, as I said, I was recently elect, elected as a councillor. There are sixty. 60 councillors on, on Wandsworth Council. Right. Um, Wandsworth is is almost 50, almost 50% BME. It's really, uh, you know, and, the lot, and Tootin is in particular, certain wards of, uh, or certain certain chunks of Wandsworth are, are more than more than, more than than 50% BME. Um, there's myself, one other uh, black councillor, and there's an Asian uh, leader of the council. So there's, mm. there's three out of the 60 of us are BME. I'm the only council tenant. So, um, and I'm, you know, I'm deliberately a council tenant. I refuse to buy my my property. I don't believe in it. I think that, you know, homes are for living in, not investment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm the only person on the council that that has that experience. Mm -hmm. And what I what I notice over and over and over again is the conversations about council tenants. Um, they they're completely. Um, they're completely divorced from the experience of council tenants. There's yeah. people saying, "Oh, but but no one in you know everyone in council flats is on benefits." And I'm, like, I'm not on benefits. Well, why are you saying that? It's a it's a so there's a real bit that's missed just by not having anyone in the room who goes, "Well, hang on, that's not true." Um, um, what what though? What are some of the barriers? Why why aren't why aren't there more? Why aren't people engaging more? Why why is that happening? What's, what's so just to touch on that point slide before <clears throat> I go to answer the question mm. is sometimes the issue is is the people that they're reaching out to 
um, whether it's councils, charities, organisations in general, they will reach out to the group that's easiest to reach out to. So when they're trying to reach out to young people, for example, they'll typically connect with young people who are already connected mm. or networked. Even if they're from deprived backgrounds, they're kind of the go-getters of life. Um, and then you've got the group who many deem the hard to reach. Mm. Um, as I hate that expression. Yeah. Always because, have. Yeah. As if it's a self-prophesized... Um, um, what am I trying to say? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, a, it's, it's a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah they're, they're hard um, to reach, therefore they're hard to reach. Yeah. Exactly. And that's not the case. Just because they're harder to reach and not engaging should surely mean that you seek to engage more with those communities. Mm, mm, mm. And if it's a further minority understanding the nuances rather than a huge brushstroke of we've, we've done a good job, we've worked with a young person or a group of young people and they've told us that we're doing a top job. Yes. Um, sorry, your question. So, 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 so my question was... was was um was what are the barriers? What what do you think are the things that stop stop mass engagement? That stop stop these communities engaging on 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 every level, on you know, politically, yeah. charities, all that. So one one argument I always get is these communities are apathetic to <laughs> politics, to the mainstream, and it's not true. They want to engage. the The issue is with the organisations themselves, um, because people from minority communities will year after year see that people like them aren't sat in those seats, they're not welcome to those environments. But also the environments themselves aren't welcoming to them because they're expected to wear suits, come across mm. a certain way, to speak a certain way, to understand the jargon that's currently going on. And if they can't fit that mould that they're looking for, they're seen as radical and shouldn't be within that process. So Grenfell is a great example mm. of when the council was, um, <clears throat> I think it was... Um, they broke through security and all of that. And that was clearly a passion of anger mm. um, because the system wasn't understanding the anger that was out there because... You mean after, in the protests yeah. afterwards? Yes, yes. Um, because it was obvious that people had died because of Grenfell and what happened in Grenfell. And people sitting around the table weren't considered to be a solution to the problem. Mm. Um, and understanding that due process sometimes isn't the best process to engage people. And thinking slightly more laterally about engaging with these uh, the communities on their level and on their turf, mm. and sometimes not being bringing the embodiment of these institutions with you. Yeah, I mean there is a yeah there is a whole. Um, I've worked in the charity sector, I've worked in media, and I've, I've um, now working in politics. And and in each of those fields, the conversation is really the same. Why isn't this happening? Why isn't this happening? And I look at the cultures of each of those each of those things. I've had it with with newspapers. I mean, when we set up Media Diversified, one of the reasons we set it up was that um, we criticised the national newspapers for 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 not having any. Uh, I think we uh, had an article called "All White Front Pages," and it was you know why isn't there diversity among the people telling the stories because this stuff matters. Sure. And the editors all came back and went, "Oh my God, we would so love to employ you know black and Asian writers. They're just not out there. They just don't want to." don't want to write they're hard to reach we can't find them we set up me diversified and within months we had three four hundred writers from black and asian backgrounds who are of really high quality so 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 much so that when we first set up a lot of the nationals were coming in and employing the people that were writing for us yeah. great wonderful um and, until it got to a point where we were thinking hang on we're just being a recruitment a free <laughs> recruitment agency for the guardian and the telegraph what What's that about? We, you know, we should be something more for ourselves. But 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 it was, it was very much so. What, but what I noticed, <clears throat> both when working in all of those fields, is that there's a massive culture. There's a massive cultural language, um, and it's not it's not just how you speak. It's not just mm -hmm. um, even putting on a suit. Any you know, if you're lucky enough, anyone can buy a suit and put on a suit and look nice. Yeah. It's not just that. It's it's um, uh, I remember um, mornings on the on the newspaper. It was the Daily Express, but okay, mornings on the newspaper desk, and everyone would be talking about what happened on Radio Four and what they baked in Bake Club and all this sort. And it was all I'm like, I don't listen to Radio Four, and I've never baked yeah. anything in my life. And there's a real, and not that these are massively important things, but there's a real culture that you're either in or out of, um, and. Um, the, I, I think when you're not when you're not from a marginalised group, um, because you, you've you're just being your culture. You've mm. grown up, you know, middle class, and you went to a nice university and nice school, and 
you've always been like that. So, so that's the default. You don't really see any other way. Um, and so there's no change for you. And you, it's really hard, I think, for, um, for people within that to, to imagine the, 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 the sort of mental gymnastics that have to go on, um, to put yourself in, in, in that kind of world. Um, you see, you mentioned something earlier about, um, uh, having, you know, a black person represents, uh, uh, being expected to represent a whole community. That's, that's something as well. I'm sure that oh. many, many, um, people of color who find themselves in largely white industries will, will find it's, it's stuff like, um, you know, people come into me and going, I, I've been asked about Hajj. I'm going, I'm not, I'm not Muslim. I don't know anything. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know any, you know, as much as me and, you know, and, and, and what do you think? I was asked about Aborigines once, you know, what in Aborigine yeah. culture does this happen? <laughs> I'm like, mate, I'm from Tutin. Yeah. What, what, what do I know about Aboriginals? Um, but there's a real, um, all oh, right, we've got one now. He can, he can speak for, he can speak for every black and brown person in the country. Type it's, thing. it's interesting you say that because, um, in norm, typical meetings, my culture and my racism brought up, but because of the Pakistani elections this year, everyone was, oh, Imran, you're a Pakistani, right? I'm like, yes. I'm not <laughs> sure where the conversation was going. Um, and asked me what I felt about Pakistani politics. And the honest truth is, I barely understand with what's going on and understand the parties and what's going on, but I'm as lost as anyone else in Britain because Britain's where my home is and where I understand the democracy, the culture. But there's a point on what you're talking about where, to a degree, lots of these people who end up in civil society from minority communities, whether they're young people, whether they're older people, but people from any sort of minority, including white working classes, are expected to fit a mould and fit a shape that mm. they're not accustomed to by mm. default. Um, even within our programmes, we have to teach our patchworkers how to wear a tie, the necessity of wearing a suit, um, how to deal with lords, ministers, permanent secretaries. Um, private secretaries, secretaries of state. Mm. Many of this will mean nothing to most people, but um, the issue is within these institutions, these matter a lot. And yes. for, for for a lot of these young people, it's completely a new world. And it's about teaching them that process. And in, a, in an idyllic society, that wouldn't have to happen. Right. In the sense that they would naturally be accustomed to understanding what is required, either... Uh, Either two things could happen. There, There is a general state of understanding for all young people for, from all minority backgrounds and majority backgrounds that how to work in these communities, how to become a council like mm. yourself, the process around that and understanding how a council works, how a parliament works. Mm. Um, or the other side is that these institutions remove some of those barriers, the bureaucracy, the red tape, mm. to make themselves more accessible to these communities. Well, obviously, I'd push for the second of those two options. Uh, I think that, like I say, uh, uh, as few people who need to to make massive cultural mental journeys, because because mm. one of one of the things in making that journey, and I get I get accused of this a lot, even though I still live on a council estate and all that sort of stuff. Sure. I get accused of, oh yeah, but you're not really from the streets. You're not really such and such. You're not you're not really a roadman. All this sort of stuff went by 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 people that I've grown up with. Yeah. Like, oh, you've changed. You've this. You don't really understand the experience in the way that someone else would. Mm -hmm. So that so just in making that journey, you in, unless you're incredibly adept, and maybe that's my problem. You you have to you leave bits of your of what you grew up with behind. Therefore, you're leaving bits of that experience behind. Um, so I'm like there's things that I can't. We we were, uh, we'll talk about this in a minute. We were at a meeting on knife crime uh, yeah. recently, and I even though I get looked at as someone, oh, you should know about this. You should know what we do about knife crime. Like, how the hell am I going to solve knife crime? I'm one, one bloke. But I'm also, I'm nothing to do with the young kids who are going through it. I'm, you know, I, I, I didn't grow up in, grime, in the grime era. I grew up in, <laughs> in hip hop and, and big weird hairstyles and baggy trousers. That's, that's what I grew yeah. up in. So it's not, you know, what, what, what do I know about this? Um, but my point is that if, if people have been made to make that journey, they're, they're, they're almost, you're almost saying that experience that, that a load of people have, and I'm glad, mm -hmm. I'm glad you, you, you took it beyond race because it's not just the race thing, is it? And it, it, I, I want to talk a bit about other communities, northern yeah. communities in particular, or communities that just don't feel, mm. don't feel part of this, 
this this uh, this London southeast bubble, you know, that, that we live in, those communities are totally left behind as well. Um, and what the things that will make um, democracy accessible to the BME communities in in inner cities will also hopefully make it accept make it accessible to um to, to you know to 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 everyone that's left outside. Yeah. Um, there there really is this bubble that's it's not a, it's not a it's not a myth that you know the 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 MPs that I know are friends with the 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 charity leaders that I know are friends with the journalists that I know. There's there is a uh, a, a group of people, um, and it sounds all conspiracy, conspiracy wise, but it's not. There is a there is a sector of society that is mm. totally in control of this stuff, and everyone else is on the outside looking in, being a bit baffled. But um, there is an issue on what you mentioned in the sense of those who from minority communities make it, if that's what you want to call it, into mm. these environments, do leave a bit of themselves behind. So I was born, brought up in Tooting, don't mm. sound how typical person south on sounds that was largely because i went to law school and told was told that's not how i meant to sound um but beyond that it's the community themselves start turning away from those individuals who they feel like have left those communities mm. so many com um minority leaders so you've got people like diane abbott sadiq khan um and you've got people across both parties being viewed as well you don't really represent the communities by the communities mm. whereas on the other side um where it's majority white, um, I'd say middle class, or arguably yeah. upper class, mm -hmm. um, and people who have great deals of privilege view to them as as if they're the source of the answers for a lot of the issues that, such as gang culture and knife yeah. crime, yeah. even though if you probably ask them, they're not going to know much because that isn't their day-to-day -day life. Yes. Um, as much as it is a young person living in somewhere like Hackney or Tooting or somewhere across UK, yeah, yeah. Well, well, absolutely. And what and what you find is that the um that that, that with the, uh, the 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 establishment person, let's say, who's who's going, oh great, um, Imran's in the building now. I can ask him him this stuff. It's because you're as close as he's yeah. ever getting to 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 that kid in Hackney or or whatever. You're as close mm. as he gets, and he he knows he. He or she, and it's often a he, knows that he's not that close to to, to those communities, but sees you. And I, I do think, and this this may be, um, if I'm being terrible, there is a genuine. Oh my god, I know there's something missing. I know we're not. Completely, yeah. I know we're not doing this. I mean, I'm noticing with with our work for Media Diversified, for instance, that 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 the sort of consultancy we're asked to do has really changed. I think even three, four years ago, it would. A lot of times, we were going into places and arguing for diversity yeah explaining why you should do it and why it matters and why you're going to do a better job if you're diverse and you can serve mm. me all that that felt like the argument it, it feels like it's moved on now yeah. uh, you know when people we're, we're sitting down we did a um probably shouldn't say which organization with a, a large charity um we did um did work with a large charity around edi so that's equality diversity and, and inclusion um and yeah, we both, both myself and and my business partner were were stunned by how um, how up for the conversation people were. They really wanted to explore privilege and talk about intersectionality and all these massive yeah. all these massive terms. I thought, oh, that's just people that are doing race equality work. That's that's a real niche term that just alienates everybody. <laughs> um, or, or or even the even the fact there's there's things like when I say racism and when the mainstream say racism, we're talking about two different things, for instance. I, I've noticed that it's, it's most people when they say, oh, that's racist, they mean that's bigoted or that's, yeah. or, you know, you know, and, and when we talk about power and the use of power and that's, and that's alien to a lot of people. They don't understand that. Um, but it feels like, um, I'm not even sure why, but it feels like there's a, there's a, a, a shift in certain organisations. Let's say I, I've not been going into, I don't know, construction sites or whatever. Sure. I'm, I'm talking about in in certain organisations. There feels like there's a genuine, oh my god, this isn't just the hey, it's good if we we do a bit of this and put it on SCSR. It's it's actually important. Um, whether they whether they whether they get there or not, I'm I'm not sure to be honest. I, I would like to I'd like to see. As you described, I'd like to, I'd like to see a way of simplifying, um, simplifying almost almost all of it, almost all the all the industries, all the all the 
roots into democracy that we're talking about. Um, um, trusty, uh, I'm trusty on two charities. And even that, even the way that meetings run, um, just understanding that, okay, so the chair does this, then you do that, yeah. and you bring, you know, we're going to bring a motion, we've got our conference coming up, there's the AGM, all that sort of stuff, which if you've worked in a, uh, in a corporate world, you probably get it all. You've had meetings, you understand. If you haven't, if you've mm. been on the state and you've been, you know, whatever, working in some, uh, some manual job or whatever, you, that's all alien to you. And it feels like, oh my God, they're talking a totally different language. I don't know how, now it's obviously meetings have evolved, you know, meetings for instance have evolved like that and organisational structures have evolved to yeah. be like that. Um, my sense, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm unfair, my sense is that it's it's just, just it's almost a deliberate thing. It's almost a, you, you know, you need to, you know, if you don't understand this, then you don't belong in our club. If you don't get this, then you, uh, you don't belong in our club. And there's a massive resistance to go in, why don't we just simplify all of that? Why, why don't we have a system that's really simple to understand? That really, you know, um, my mum doesn't understand that I'm a counsellor. She, I think, thinks I'm an MP, and so I have to. <laughs> she keeps going, "Oh, how, you know, how's Parliament?" I'm like, no, "I'm not in Parliament. Mom. I'm only a counsellor." It's, it's, uh, yeah. but that's understandable. It's you know, who knows about local democracy? Who knows about? trustee boards um. but that's what i said it's on on two sides in the sense the education um aspect needs to be there for those who don't have that as a natural access point but the other side needs to be that these organizations and these firms whether private or public need to become more open in the in the way that they're doing it and like you pointed out there is that curiosity to talk about these issues from huge firms across the uk so as you said, some of the big firms and um, many people in these organisations are interested in the, the improvement of diversity within their workspaces and even personally. And that curiosity needs to start from there. Mm. Um, and even to your listeners, I'd say that they need to be asking those questions from friends and family. So every year as part of a different organisation I work with called the NAS Legacy Foundation, we do an interfaith iftar where people talk about their faith or lack thereof and how that impacts them and their personal view. Because I feel like generally we've become not PC, but so muted as a society mm. that we fail to talk about how our race impacts the things that we do or how having an accent impacts the, the work environments that we tend to go in. And it, I'll have this chat with uh, Northern colleagues all the time and they will say that when they're in London, they try to slightly mute down their accent wow. um, how they can. And for a Londoner, it's like, well, you sound Northern as northern can be um but the, these are issues we're not really talking about on a personal level forgetting that the high level pol uh, political parliament level it, it needs to start on these basic conversations about understanding each other's faiths cultures and backgrounds yeah that, that's 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 really interesting I, th I feel like there is a um we as humans as you say are curious we you know when i yeah. what what i find is on and i don't know if this is a, a um a result of social media or something like that, but there's and 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 the um, the aggro that sometimes goes on yeah. on social media, in particular on Twitter, for some reason, there's a there's a real oh you said something wrong ah you know there's a there's you're looking for a mistake you're looking mm -hmm. for or or it feels like people are looking for a, some mistakes, so therefore people are super cautious and they don't want to say anything in case oh my god is that race is this when I'm you know privately with with mates of of whatever backgrounds the conversations are like. Oh mate, I said this the other day. Do you think that's bad? Or mm. and people want, or, and people want to hear experiences, and you want to understand if you can turn off the defensiveness, if you can turn off the. Oh, you're not talking about me, are you? If you can turn off yeah. that bit, and it can just be, um, <clears throat> you know, this is what my experience is like. You know, I, I've I've learned massively from from the LGBT community. Just yeah. like, you know, it's not it, to be honest, it's not a world that I know very much about or knew very much about, and and. But just by being in a space with people and asking questions that probably are a bit, probably did make people's eyes roll a little bit like, mm. oh God, you know, you know, but getting that out and going, look, I know this is a dumb question, but, and I, I have that with, with mate, I'm, I'm sure you do yeah, too. Um, so there is that curiosity, um, but because of, because of the way, um, I don't know, society's evolved, I want to say. Um, there, there's, a, there's a massive fear. And because of the, because of the, the, the danger uh, to, to careers even mm. of, of getting some of this stuff wrong, there's a massive um, fear 
of engaging in those conversations or, or having any nuance or it's like someone so said that that's racist, isn't it? I'm like, well, hang on. So what was the background and you know, yeah. um, etc. So I, I I don't know a solution to that, but yes, if we <laughs> if we can move to a so so okay, so I I do think that that, that there's um that there's work on both sides, uh, you know, for, for want of a better term, um, there's work on both sides. So on the side of those battling for equality and diversity and all that, all that good stuff, um, just being, and I, I noticed this amongst my colleagues, just being a little bit more uh, patient, even though it is, it's tiring when you're asked the same question over and again. It's tiring. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, see, um, I see my Muslim friends going, yeah, no, yeah, we can't even drink water at Ramadan or whatever. That, uh, answering that is the, the best one. <laughs> answering, <laughs> answering those questions over and over again is a bit... Uh, but I feel like there is a, there is a duty yeah. on us to, to, to try and answer good faith with good faith. So mm. if someone's asking those questions with good faith, then, answer, then reply with good faith and don't be... Uh, you know, don't, don't, don't... You know, this is what we want. We want, I, I think, this is what we want, that dialogue. We want, you know, we want someone to ask you questions and learn mm-hmm. and go, oh, I know that now. You know what I mean? Rather than, ah, I can't believe you said that. That's an ignorant question. What's wrong with you? Which just shuts people down and then they never say anything and, and they, you know, you carry on in your little bubbles and, and we, we, we carry on with the world, the world we've got here. And But there's also a flip side of that, which is, um, and I have this a lot with Patchwork because we're, they feel that what makes them different is ultimately going to be their downfall. So if they're black or if they're um, a woman or if they have an accent or if they're white working class or they haven't got the disposable income that the other colleagues have, Mm. that's going to be the thing that signs them off as being different, therefore not um, acceptable within a workplace environment or not good enough for a job. Mm. And what we try to teach is that difference is what makes you better potentially than your counterparts because mm. you understand a certain area way better than other people. Yeah. And your your learned experiences through life are what have made you where you are. You've probably had to drive harder, fight uh, fight more than your counterparts who probably went to Eton and grammar schools and private schools. Mm. Um, and when when they get beyond that and understand that they, as, as human beings, not just as statistics, um, have had to drive a lot harder than other uh, their, their counterparts, you see them realise their own potential. Mm. And then when that clicks and engages, then they start really taking off. That's, that's interesting. I, I, I certainly noticed that with, with comment writing, for instance. So I, I write occasionally for The Guardian. And, um, and at first, I went out of my way to never write about race or racism. Mm. I was like, oh, I'm not getting pigeonholed as that guy. Yada, yada, yada. You know, I want to almost pretend I'm not that. And as I got older and I guess became more comfortable in my skin maybe or you've got you've got experiences look back on and go actually I did all right at this and that and you can see things you've done okay back in the past um I got more confident with it and now and now and now I write that stuff but I I absolutely as you say I absolutely the thing that I felt made me not fit into that group not you know I'm from the wrong class and I'm black and this that the other I felt those things that excluded me from the group they're they're what I bring to the table mm. do you know what I mean so I know even at the Guardian, yes, there's 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 black writers at the Guardian. I know that I'm bringing something different because I'm working class, yeah. because I'm those things. That's quite hard though. When your whole and I totally understand what you're saying. You, you is it? Am I right in thinking patchwork works mainly with younger people? Yes, so yeah. eighteen to thirty. Right. So so when you, I do think when you're young, when you're just you know we all unless you're I don't know Jacob Rees Mogg or someone, we all have a level of humility. I hope, and we all think. If something goes wrong, we all say, well, hang on, is that me? Did I do that thing wrong? Am I just not good enough? Am I not getting picked for, for these jobs because I'm crap? You know, you have to think that, otherwise you're slightly odd. So while you're going through that growth period, you know, 18 to 30, you're, you're wrestling with, with that stuff in your head. It's really hard, I think, to also go, no, I'm absolutely fine. The thing that went wrong is that these people aren't understanding my cup. I'm going to carry on and I'm going to be myself. That's, um, I mean, that's lovely. And I would love that to, to be the world. I'm just thinking about some of the young people I, I know. And I can almost see it in them. I'm like, yeah. I can always go, oh, in five, 10 years time. And I wouldn't say this because it's patronizing. In five years time, you're going you're gonna to realize how good you are at this mm. stuff. You're going to have been up with peers and you're going to be like, oh, actually, 
I'm every bit as good as that person. They just have a better accent than me. I'm every good as, uh, you know, they just have, they, they got roots in that I that I didn't have. Um, so I'm going to slightly fit that. Because <laughs> I always argue that saying to young people that your time is sometime in the future is the worst thing that you can say to a young fair person. Fair play, fair play. Purely because if you want accurate representation, having someone from... Um, that represents young people because they are themselves young mm. is the most impactful way to engage with young communities. And as you were talking about, we were talking about knife crime yesterday. Mm. And it's young people that need to be on the table uh, deciding and talking about these issues um, because it's impacting them the most. Absolutely. Both as victims and the aggressors that do it. I, I should say, I should say, listeners, um, so, so uh, Imran and I yesterday actually were um, at a knife crime summit in, in Tutin. Um, and it was it was a very good summit. There, you know, there were there was a a, a panel of you know fifteen people, and then there were then there were maybe maybe twenty or thirty people in in the audience who were all who all had an interest, I guess, in the field, or either counsellors or police officers or community workers. And as I say, it's a very good gathering. But what what we both Imran actually said this. Um, uh, you, you you can't tell from his voice, and actually you can't tell by looking at him. But Imran's twenty four years old, which which actually shocked me because he's so accomplished. Anyway, uh, Imran pointed out that he was the youngest person in the room, um, and and it really made me look around and think, yeah, this is a wonderful conversation. But none of the people who are either involved or at risk of being involved or afraid of what might be happening in the streets. None of them are in this room. We're not listening to any of those people. All we're doing is going, oh, yes, we need more stop and search. And, you know, if they just had better families, then everything would be, you know, we're, it's, all, it's all from the outside in. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it was really stark. I just thought I'd, I'd, I'd fill you in on, on, on what the knife crime reference was. Yeah. Um, and just to go back a bit, when we're talking about the curiosity um, and talking about race, mm. I think also minority communities don't, shouldn't be scared of calling out racism or big, uh, bigoted views when it happens, especially when it's in social circles. Um, and it's quite hard to do when it's your friends. It's very hard to do when it's your friends. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, and I had a, uh, a friend who wears a hijab and one of her friends called her a ninja. And she didn't know how to take it because she was offended by it. But at the same time, she was like, well, yeah, but if I tell him, he might not be feel comfortable around me because it becomes an issue. And I completely get that. Mm. But then the way that I flipped it to her was he now thinks it's appropriate to say that to other women who wear their hijab. Women that he might not be as comfortable with or open to speaking with. Mm. Um, and understanding that there's a way of educating without telling someone off but mm. just saying actually you know certain things aren't appropriate okay now i'm gonna flip that because, because <laughs> yeah no, no i of course uh, again that that's that's wonderful you have that friendship connection so yeah. you should use that friendship to to educate brilliant wonderful and if your friend is a genuine friend they'll take that in the right mm. way i would hope although uh, and to go sort of down the, the reniedo lodge i know um, where you're about to go yeah. yeah you know where i'm about to go uh, um i i have personally and i'm sure and i know that this is a story that lots of uh my peers have i've personally lost mates i've i've personally had you know my I, my my i've had a long-term relationship end because my partner said oh my god you talk too much about race you, you're always going on about it mm. I'm like yeah that's the field i work in but you know people are i think we're so tuned to be massively defensive if someone if, if a friend said to me something and i went mate that's a bit God, that's a bit problematic because blah blah blah. That often the response isn't, oh right, okay, that's interesting. I'll think about that. The response is, why are you saying that about me? Oh, blah, blah, blah. How can you? You know, it's uh, um, there's, um, and maybe that's to do with how how I make that suggestion, or maybe that's to do. Mm. I do think it's a two way thing. I don't think racism is a two way thing, but I do think how we deal with it, especially with yeah. allies, friends, that's a two way thing. Because because as much as I agree. We should always be able to go, dude, what did you just say? That's okay. Okay. I had another friend. Um, we all went away on holiday um, to watch football and um, it turned out he was about eight or nine of us. We went to, to watch Champions League in Barcelona or whatever. And um, um, he was the only white guy. I hadn't noticed it until we got there. He was the only white guy in the group and there were three or four black guys, three or four Asian guys. And, you know, that there was that sort of mix. Yeah. We went to a club in Barcelona and we're, you know, shaking up, you know, having a little dance. And I noticed he was just standing by the, the side watching. I went, what's up? Are you all right, mate? He went, oh, no, it's just, yeah, 
you coloured guys, you know how to, how, you know, you know how to move, don't you? And I could see all my friends look over and just be like, who's this bloke? Who have you bought on holiday with us? And it was really hard. Like, and he's, you know, he's not a racist. Of course he's not a racist. He's a mate of mine. But I took him aside and just went, oh, mate, you know what? Coloured, it's just a weird expression. And yeah. this is the history of it. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, but, but you say people of colour. I'm like, I know, it's complicated. Yeah. I was trying to explain it to him in a, in a kind way. Mm. But more... To be honest, more to protect him, more more so that he didn't give the wrong impression of himself. Yeah. Because I because I know that there were people that heard that who, if I hadn't been vouching, would have gone, "Who's that bloke? Was he talking about coloured people dance a lot?" But he he was just, he just meant, "Oh, you black guys, you know, you 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 can dance." I feel a bit embarrassed. That's what he meant, uh, but it came across wrong. Uh, and wrongly. it's completely that because I've had to like after meetings, I'll sit down with colleagues and say, "Actually, the thing that you said." in that meeting wasn't the best way of coming across in that sense or if different people had been around the room that would have been taken very differently mm. and it's that education about teaching each other it's not about calling each other out in public and saying mm. you messed up therefore I'm going to I'm going to have you for this it's about pulling each other to one side and saying actually this isn't the best way of doing that and that's how we teach and learn and this is the point about educating the education needs to be on both sides yes the pulling the pulling the pulling to one side thing or saying it after the meeting yeah. or not that's important, I think. Yeah. I see a lot on, on Twitter in particular where, I, especially if you know the two people who are rowing, I'm like, ah, oh, he's hearing that and she's hearing this. And I'm not going to get involved, yeah. but, you know, I can see where this is going wrong. If they just stop and have a chat, it would get sorted. But the accusations are getting wilder and he's calling her a nutter and this is happening and it's all going going really badly. Okay, so 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 take take moving it back a little bit from the from. I realise we drifted off slightly. No, no, I think that's interesting stuff. I do, but moving it back from the the personal, sure, which obviously we all live in the personal, but I guess to the societal. To what what can or should organisations structures? We've already said that they they should be they should try and simplify. They should try and I'm I'm still at a loss for I, I I'm, I'm very practical. I like to think okay, these are the things that we should be doing to, mm. to, to make democracy work better. Yeah. If you <laughs> put you massively on the spot, g- g- give me some, give me some, some, some actions for, for society. What, what should we be doing to so make th- things better? So I think as a society, so um, something we were talking about just before we came on was it's mostly marginalised communities supporting marginalised communities to mm. engage. Mm. Um, and it reminds me of that quote from uh, Martin Luther King Jr., which is, freedom is never voluntary given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. Okay. I'm not saying communities that are being oppressed, but not having fair or equal access to institutions or having your voice heard mm. is inequality of sorts. Mm. And that inequality won't be sorted by those who don't feel that inequality. Um, it will be felt by those, sorry, who feel the inequality, not those who feel like equality is here because I can have a say. Yes. Um, and that's where it really needs to start. It's the way that patchwork works is we try to bring both people who have the privilege of being MPs and councillors and permanent secretaries and sitting in Whitehall, but also bring in the young people and getting them to learn and discuss with mm. each other. Because it's a two-way process. Both you need to educate the establishments, but also the young people need to learn the skills that they need to have to sit in those environments. Because it's not going to change radically from wearing suits one day to coming in your hoodie and your... Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Tomorrow. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but understanding that These institutions have existed for hundreds upon hundreds of years, especially in Britain. We've got a long history um, spanning arguably centuries. Um, Millennia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And as one of the oldest countries that has held up institutions in the world, we need to understand that with that comes slow change. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that it's often described to me, it's, it's like a big ship. Mm. And trying to turn it isn't going to happen automatically. It's going to be slow degrees of change and recognising that. And that change comes in from people that were patchworkers who were trying to support to engage in these environments because then they can sit there and say that actually this is the real issue within these communities and represent their communities. And on a very basic level, Mm. open the doors up for other people like them. So one thing that we pass on to patch workers is when they go into these arenas, either because they've been employed by the civil service or now work in parliament, they need to open up the door for future generations. 
Um, and that's often one of the infightings within minority communities of not opening up doors to each other because you have the USP of being the only black person in the room <laughs> or being the only Asian woman. It's like the, the only gay in the village type thing. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's me, it's my thing. Yeah, And yeah. that's completely not true. The yeah. wider the diversity, the better the discussion and sure. the better the results um, from that discussion. Yeah. Um, so... so uh, and, 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 and I'm, I'm fascinated by the stuff that you, you do at Patchwork. I've, I've seen little glimpses of it. Of it. What, how, um, how do you find the young people that, that you engage? What's the, what's your experience of, of their learning? Is it are they open mouthed at the stuff? Are they eager to, to get involved? What, what, what's your sense of the, the young people that you actually? So, so their biggest question to, to me is always why? Why do I have to wear a suit? Why do I have to call? It's a good question, um, Lord, or whatever they may be, or Sir, whatever. Hmm. And it's about getting them to understand the 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 formalities around it, and understanding hmm. that if they do those light Sirs and Lords and Misters and Misses, the the discussion goes far further. Because first instance, the other the person across the table just goes, "Wow, these guys speak well. Right. These aren't the normal group of young people that I imagine who are um, and." typically imagine young people you expect people loitering around the streets speaking slang going or you Mm. Um, and that isn't the young people that they come across and then when they realize they're able to string together a very comprehensive argument or comprehensive question about them they start listening and that initial change of view and viewing a whole group of people um, means a longer term impact when another young person goes up to speak to these people and they'll think actually young people have an active voice within this and have something positive to say as well as maybe something negative to say. Yeah. And and yes, and, and often it's about um uh what in my experience it's 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 about the uh, established organization being open to it, not going, Oh great, we've got some young people and they're gonna tick box what what I what I kind of think. And anything yeah. that sort of steps outside of that, like I think it's interesting you say the negative stuff, you, you know, um, uh, um, it's being open and hearing, actually being willing to hear hear that kind of thing. Um, um, I I was planning to do a, uh, like I said, a, a knife crime event with with young people. Yeah. But one of my fears of that, and it's a fear that means maybe I have to do it without my counsellor hat on, is that you know, there might be young people in the room that, that say, well, look, you know what, I'm not putting my knife down, I need a knife because... It's dangerous out there because mm. you know, my mate got stabbed. I have to have a knife. If you don't understand that, that's your problem. I want to hear that, but in a in a in a formal setting, um, you know, if there's police officers in the room, for instance, or, or, or something on those lines, that's not a conversation that that young person yeah. can have. But I, you know, we need to we need to create spaces where we can mm. really engage and really hear, really really be open to those 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 communities that are presently aren't involved. Okay, so um I want to end on on a on a on a positive. I want to <laughs> end on a end, you know, looking off into into in, into a utopia. Um sure. If um w- when this works, not if when when this works, when we've when we've have establishment organizations that are open and inclusive of everybody, yeah. uh, you know, truly of everybody. Um and and we you know we have uh, um, we're we're built up of citizens who who feel like they have agency and mm. and what they say matters and that their you know their views on their life they have control over their lives. What what does that look like? What is that something worth aiming for? What what does that world look like? Or can, can you not imagine it? <laughs> I think we're we're still a way away from it because unfortunately the way that society works, there's always someone um, who who will forever be in the deprived communities and mm. that that will change with time um by who that group is and the number of people within that group but i think looking at this in a utopia um that everyone has that equal access that we're talking about where mm. they're not for, uh, they don't feel like they're hindered because of the way that they look or come across or sound because that's the ideal version of society that mm. you, you don't have to not put your name on your cv or not say how old you are because you're going to be viewed a certain way of not having enough experience or um because you're or being over the hill in my yeah. case yeah like if you, if your name's not John Smith, then you're not going to be considered um, for the job. Mm. If we can move away from that system, and you've got a fair chance 
at a job or at a trustee position and understanding those processes mm. equally to your counterparts who will be going from Oxford and Cambridge and from a um, grammar or private school background. And you have that equal chance. I think that's that's the utopia that we're looking for because then that way, hopefully, naturally, you have equality across these boards and these panels because people actively want to engage in these environments. Because often what I get from a lot of our young people is, well, I don't know X, Y, Z, or I don't know how to do this. And a lot of the application processes, um, you've got verbal and nonverbal reasoning. Mm. And those are quite natural to people who've been to grammar school because that's one of the assessment uh, requirements to go into grammar school. Speak to someone who went to comprehensive, don't understand what that's about. Yeah. Yeah. So just balancing the level of where people are entering um, and people feeling confident within themselves. And sometimes it's this confidence and self-efficacy that's the biggest impact on communities. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I completely agree. I think that when we get to that place, if we get to that place, as we go towards that place of, 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 of inclusion, um, not diversity, inclusion, um, that, you know, we, you, it will benefit everybody. Mm. You know, we, we, as you said at the beginning of this, as a society, we're massively losing out. We're, we're massively, massively losing out. Every, every kid that, gets locked up or, or every, even every kid that doesn't engage in, in you know, grows up to not engage in, in society in a full way to reach their potential to, you know, ends up doing a dead end job and hating it just because they, they, they don't see access to anything else. We are losing, we're losing that, that bit of potential that could make us a, a better society. So, um, so it, it does matter for us all. And I think, yeah, as we said, I feel, I feel like, Bit by bit, civil society is 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 getting that, and, and and hopefully on a positive note to end this with is that social mobility has become a real thing. That people are recognising that, um, as you said, intersectionality, um, and what that leads to is the compound effect of not only being black but also being a black boy who's young, who might have um, a religious background. Um, th- these are layers upon layers. Mm. So you might have solves the issue of engaging with the black community but you don't know how to engage with black young boys Mm. um, which is a different a very different issue because they come in with their own issues and black young women and i think the discussion has moved away from specific communities to how do we alleviate all these barriers because one individual could face several barriers whereas another individual might just be facing one sure um so i think we're getting there on that conversation of talking about how do we make it a level playing field and um, talking about social barriers um, and yeah hopefully we'll get there we will thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much Imran um, this has been um, Civil Society Futures thank you thank you